34 to 6. 34 to 6 with everything on the line when it's when the chips are down like I said time and time again when the chips are down and it's time to show up and play like a professional football team the Minnesota Vikings are nowhere to be found and when I said that a couple of weeks ago actually on that Thanksgiving game when they lost to the Lions off an illegal formation so much pushback you're not a real fan true fans will stick to their teams that are beating in and that's okay because we'll stick with you forever shut the hell up if you want to spend your money on the, on the team and sit there and say, oh, that's okay, and they goof up time and time again, letting you down, that's a you problem. But I'm sorry. If I'm spending money on you, you need to give me something to support. Fandom and, and, and supporting your team is a two-way street. We support the team, but you need to give us something to support. And the Vikings, time and time again, will not do it when it matters most. When it matters most. They won't do it. The fans gave more of a damn than you did, than the players did. They showed up not knowing what the hell they were doing. Not knowing what they were doing. And th this game doesn't even deserve to be broken down in X's and O's. Now, yeah, Limbaugh Joseph, it was a field goal, but you want to jump over the lineman and give the Colts a first down for an easy touchdown. Adrian Peterson, oh, he's coming back. Oh, he's going to be great. I said it didn't matter if we had Ezekiel Elliott, Adrian Peterson, whoever the hell we had behind that offensive line. The offensive line is terrible, and it doesn't matter. And the one play Adrian Peterson got, 13 yards, he fumbled the ball like he does time and time again in key moments in the red zone. I'm done, man. I'm done. Everybody's sitting here. I'm sorry. It's okay. We'll stick with you ever. You shut the hell up. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome to episode 10 of the Donut Club podcast. I'm your host, Adam Patrick. No, this is not a podcast about donuts, but rather a podcast that covers everything having to do with the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, it was fun talking with Adam Carlson of the Viking Age on the last episode, but we have another great guest lined up for today. On today's show, I would like to welcome someone who has been covering the Vikings for quite some time now, and that would be Mr. Eric Thompson of the Daily Norseman. Welcome to the show, Eric. Thank you for having me on, Adam. No problem. Um, okay, Eric, before we get started, can you let the listeners know where they can find you on social media? Sure. Um, I am at on Twitter at the very convenient Eric underscore J underscore Thompson, which is what happens when you don't get in Twitter right away and you have a super common name. So um, <laughs> they got to throw in the underscores there. Um, and you can find all of my writing work on the daily on dailynorseman.com where I have been for, gosh, going on eight and a half years, I believe. I've been a front page writer there. So, wow. so, so just like when the Internet started pretty much. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> okay. All right, uh, let's get started today with a little rapid fire. If you could do your best, Eric, to keep these answers short and sweet, that would be great. Sure. All right, 
your favorite Vikings player of your lifetime? Oh, that's such a good question. I almost have to kind of go by era, but I guess the, the very first one, this is kind of a unique one too, was it's, and it's probably stuck with me the most, is Anthony Carter. Because he, kind of, he was the first jersey, I believe, I had when I was about seven or eight years old. And I just loved his style, and I loved that huge playoff game that he put up. And uh, he, he was one of those players that he wasn't a huge guy, and he wasn't a, you know, the world's greatest athlete, but he always seemed to get open. That always kind of stuck with me. It's him. He's up there. Um, I, I think actually even Robert Smith would get honorable mention, too, because I just loved how he ran. Yeah. All right, your best Vikings-related Christmas gift, if you ever got one. Um, well, if, if you follow along with, uh, with me on Twitter already, uh, you've probably noticed me rocking a uh, Vikings ugly sweater uh, several, several times. Uh, and that, that's probably the best one I got. I got that, I think, two or three years ago. Um, it, was, it was actually uh, a delayed Christmas gift because it was on back order at Christmas, but I actually got it a couple months later. But that, I think that's still my favorite because I still bring that out on game days pretty often. And apparently um, my... I think it was my brother, my, one of my siblings said, uh, hopefully uh, I won't mind adding to my collection this Christmas. So I'm excited. Ooh. I'm excited there might be an addition even but, uh, <laughs> in the next few days. Spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> the team or division that you could care less about in the NFL? Um, the division has to be the AFC South, even though the Vikings, <laughs> Vikings just missed uh, sweeping that division uh, last week, which I'm sure we'll touch on later. But They lost? I, I get, well, they, they played. That's yeah. probably the better. <laughs> um, gosh, the team, and you know what? It's 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 hard for me to say because I I know so many people, at least via Twitter and social media and our um, SB Nation um, email groups, that I like these people. But the Jacksonville Jaguars. I mean, they're they're dead last <laughs> in just about every fan ranking that's ever. <laughs> you know, and they they have all these rumors of going to London and they play in London every year. Um, just, I, I appreciate the passion of fans they do have, but they just don't seem to have many of them. Yeah. Um, the non-Vikings player you most enjoy to watch? Um, I guess I'll have to be kind of homerish Minnesota-wise and just say Larry Fitzgerald, just because yeah. I've admired his career from afar. I would take him on the Vikings for any price in a heartbeat, even next season, even late in, this late in his career. He just continues to amaze with what he does on the field, and from all accounts, uh, I've never heard anyone say a bad word about him off the field. So I think he's probably the, the one, at least the current player that I've admired the most. Well, the rumors are starting, and uh, he might be here next year. But oh, well, they, they do every offseason because we yes. start him here. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe one year they'll actually come true. Yeah. Um, an NFL rule that should be changed. Ah, well, there's plenty of I think the number one thing that it pass interference has to be changed in some form whether it's making it reviewable or going to the college um, rule of making this defensive pass interference 15 yards I think yeah. that just bothers me so much where you can throw up the jump ball I gotta get there a little early and that was it's good as a 60 yard play and I really don't think the whole tackling you know though that if we don't make it a spot foul people are just gonna t- get tackled if you're close enough to tackle the guy, you're probably close enough to defend the pass. And it really hasn't affected the college game negatively all that much. So I think that's the number one rule that irks me. Is you can, on a play that didn't um, get, that wasn't technically successful, you can still get all the yardage. Right. Also known as Aaron Rodgers' favorite play. 
Exactly. <laughs> All right. If you were a baseball player, what would be your walk-up song? Oh, this is. Um, I would have to change it so often. It'd have to be <laughs> like I, I. I have you know the. the I, I had an answer for this, but quick hitting lines. It'd have to be something um, hip hop. I've always been something with with from Ludacris. He's always been one of my favorites. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure which. Song. I'd have to give it more thought to pick the perfect one, but it'd have to be something um, in that genre. <laughs> okay, uh, your must-have pizza topping. Um, I. I mean, pepperoni's such a boring answer, but uh, I mean, that goes with just about everything. But if I had to pick something else, actually, um, jalapenos. I really I love spicy stuff, so I, okay. I would stick with jalapenos. All right. Your first celebrity crush? Oh, first one? Okay. Yeah, I think that my, my very first one was probably, um, gosh, I can't remember her real name, but Clarissa from Clarissa Explains It All. Oh, Melissa Joan Hart. Yeah, Melissa Joan Hart, thank you. Yes. Um, that was that was right when I was yeah gosh I was probably like fourth fifth grade maybe watching that show <laughs> yeah yeah I'd, I'd say her all right the favorite city you have ever visited um boy I've, there's been a few that I've really liked uh, just got back from Denver that I really enjoyed but um, yeah. I think the best one that I've still that I've gone out and about in is um, Austin Texas I really like their whole Sixth Street area that. Um, I think we went at the perfect time of year, too. It was in, uh, I think, early November, so the weather was nice and warm, but it wasn't too hot. Yeah. Um, the people there were great, and there was so much to do, so I, I, I think that's still my number one. All right. Lastly, since this is the Donut Club podcast, what is your favorite kind of donut? Um, I will get very specific with this one because we have a donut shop, shop just down the hill from us uh, called Mojo Monkey. Uh, I'll give them a free plug there down in St. Paul. And they they make this maple bacon donut with an actual piece of bacon on it, which is absolutely amazing. Every time we go there, we'll usually get you know either six or a, a dozen, but what, at least one of those always has to go on. Okay, that's gonna do it for the rapid fire. So uh, let's get to know you a little bit more. You said you've been running for the Daily Noiseman for, what, eight years? Almost? Yep, I think um, it was right after, I believe it was right after the 2000, or, yeah, um, it was after the Tavares-Jackson Eagles playoff game. That mm. was when I, I remember, <laughs> I remember venting on that because we have, um, we've had fan posts where anyone can post something on, mm-hmm. the, you know, on the sidebar of our site, and I wrote a really long one, just basically for therapeutic reasons just to get it off my chest and um it just at that time the the site had been growing and the sb nation network that we're a part of you know there's one team or one uh site for every team yeah um it's growing and chris gates who started the site who is still the main writer for our site um uh asked was asking for extra writers and i submitted that as uh one of my um as my submission for him he said actually after reading that, I was hoping you would be one of them that applied. And amazingly, um, that was I was a single guy in my late 20s, or probably mid-20s even then. Now I'm married with two kids, own a house, have, I think that's two or three jobs later, or day jobs later, but I'm still writing for Daily Northland. Nice. All right, so what has been, what would you say your career highlight has been while writing for the Daily Northland? 
Um, it has to be all of the, just kind of the access I've got to the team. I think we were really fortunate as being one of the first uh, blogs to um, get a lot of the access for the Viking. I think it really helped when the Vikings were making a push for their new uh, the U.S. Bank Stadium that we were supportive of it and we um, really kind of helped out that cause. Um, it's been all the training camps, all the, it's basically any time I get to pretend to be a beat writer. I've obviously, yeah. I've, I've never claimed to be one. I'm definitely more of a fanatic uh, than those uh, more even keeled uh, writers, but it's, it's really, it's, it's just a surreal experience every year to, to go down to, um, Mankato. I've gone there for the last five or six years, I believe, and covered at least, you know, a handful of days down there. Um, and you know, actually being able to cover the team, you learn so much of the day-to-day -day operations of the team just by being so close to them. You can kind of tell, um, you know, which players are in and out of favor with the coaches. The, the, and it's just a, a cool thing to do. You know, I have my day job, but to have this as a, you know, a quote-unquote side gig is just a, it's a really neat experience. Yeah, what, what, do you, what do you think separates the Daily Norseman from, you know, other Vikings blogs or websites? Well, I think um, we've definitely been around really long. Uh, Chris started the site in 2006, I believe. I think we're on 10 years now, or a little over 10 years. Oh, wow. um, I think the just Daily Norseman and the whole SB Nation platform is really unique in how much interaction that we have on the sites. The comments section is, you know, it's alive. Um, we, we have our, our daily threads that um, actually just readers we've put in charge of posting every day because they're, they're tramping at the bit at 7 a.m. And Chris, actually, who is stationed in uh, Germany, I believe, right now for the Air Force, he, wow. some, sometimes he won't get to that right away. So we just put every, um, a couple of readers in charge and say, hey, post, post these daily threads. And even on the slowest off days in the off season, we'll have four or 500 comments on there. So it's, it's, a, it's a really neat um, loyal fan base. There's a lot of discussion. There's definitely is not always agreement. Uh, yeah. There's definitely some infighting, but it's just a really neat situation. Um, I, mean, I guess it's not super unique, but it's it's just a, a a nice little niche I think we've carved out in the in the blogosphere. Uh, I, di I didn't realize he was all the way over there. Yeah, he has uh, been um, since I've been writing because he's been you know military guy. He's been in. He's done it from. Or, yeah, he's done it from Germany, he's done it from Korea, he's done it from uh, three different time zones in the United States. Well, so, I was going to say, he must love the time difference. <laughs> yeah, he is, uh, he is incredibly dedicated. There's times I know when, especially for the primetime games, it's on at an ungodly hour over there, but he's always uh, there posting everything. Wow. Um, is there an aspect of the Vikings that you enjoy covering the most, whether it be the draft, free agency, the season, mentioned training camp, or maybe something else? Um, I think my two favorite are, um, I'd probably have to put training camp first just because that is such a cool experience, just because there's so many fans involved there as well, because that's, you know, that's a lot of the closest access a lot of fans get, and it's just neat for me to be, you know, I'll run into friends that are just attending in this, the stands and they'll come up and you know wave or say hi to me and I'm they they think it's just amazing that I'm on the other side of the fence right on the sideline and I get to stick a microphone in all these guys' faces that we you know that we watch every Sunday. But the the draft is definitely a close second because that's one that um, it's a real collaborative effort. I think it's it's a little more laid back just because um, we're all just covering it from Winter Park. We aren't you know there isn't 
live interviews that everyone has to scurry to right away. So it was it's a really good opportunity to get to know some of the people that you know that we read every day, like the Matt Vensels and the Mark Craigs and everyone yeah. like that, is to see them in person. It's a little more laid back atmosphere too. So um, you know, they don't have, of course, everyone's busy tweeting away and writing away, but it's nice to have some of that interaction with the people that we read every day. All right, well... And, and you get to see Sid Hartman, too. Which is <laughs> well, not this year. I think he's in the hospital, isn't he? Yeah, well, it sounds like he's... I think he's out. I, I saw someone say something about him, but yeah. I mean, Sid, he'll, he'll be doing this until he's 112, I think. <laughs> All right, well, if anyone listening has not read, of, read any of Eric's content before, just go to the Daily Norseman read one of his articles because he does a really good job at covering the Vikings. Okay, let's move on to some Vikings news. On Tuesday, the Vikings announced that defensive tackle Tom Johnson would be placed on injured reserve with a torn hamstring and he will miss the remainder of the season. Vikings now have had 10 different players on injured reserve this year at one point or another. Eric, with the team already without fellow defensive tackle Sharif Floyd for the rest of the season due to his own injury, how big of a blow to the Vikings defense is the latest news about Johnson? Um, it's it's a really tough one because even though Tom Johnson's technically a backup, I believe he ends up usually playing at least half, if usually a little more than half of, of the snaps. And I have said for two seasons now that Tom Johnson on just about any other team in the NFL would probably be a starter, starting defensive tackle. He's, he's that good. And especially you know, that defensive line going into the season, and for most of the season, even with Floyd's injury, has been probably the deepest unit on the team. But now that with Johnson out, it's getting pretty thin on that interior line. And I know the, the Vikings can kind of counteract that when they have the formation that um, Brian Robinson moves on to the inside for their kind of pass rush package. Mm-hmm. But Tom, Tom Johnson was definitely a huge part of that. So um, I guess if this was happening a little earlier in the season and the Vikings' chances were a little better at making the playoffs, I know there's still, a, I think, something like a 2.3% chance of them making the postseason. <laughs> but if this was a little earlier in the season, I think it would be a little more um, devastating. But I think... You know, that most realistic fans aren't pining for that postseason. I think we're that last week kind of sealed the Vikings' fate. So it's it's a tough injury to have um, to one of your better players on uh, what's usually the, the strength of the team. But, um, you know, they still have Linval Joseph. Uh, when he's not trying to hurdle field goals, he's still a force <laughs> in the middle. And they still have all those great defensive ends uh, get, that usually get after the passer, too. So it, it's a loss, but um, I don't think it will greatly affect the, the outcome, at least, of the last two weeks. Yeah, hopefully not. I mean, um, I think his injury might actually mean more playing time for Daniil Hunter, and that might actually be a, a good thing. But uh, speaking on the playoffs, I think since they're the Vikings and usually this is how things go, they'll probably win their final two games. But then the Bucks will also win their last game to knock the Vikings out of the playoffs because that's just how things go. Um, the team did sign defensive tackle Toby Johnson on Tuesday as well. So uh, one would expect him to see some action during Minnesota's game this weekend. Okay, so Anthony Barr, he hasn't had the breakout year that some 
may have thought he would heading into the season and on Monday. Vikings head coach Mike Zimmer commented on Barr's recent performances saying, quote, he can do a lot better, end quote. And when asked about what specific areas his linebacker could improve in, Zimmer just replied with his simple all. Um, Eric, do you have any idea as to why Barr possibly has not played up to his potential this season? Is he hurt? Is he doing different things in the defense, but maybe the common fan may not notice, you know, what's up with Barr? I really wish I knew. Um, I kind of joked around uh, last week on Twitter that um, I, I actually got to cover an, an event that Anthony Barr did at Winter Park, I believe it was in late July, it was right before the season kicked off, and I got to do an exclusive interview with him, and I, I posted that picture of me interviewing him and said, well, this is the part, <laughs> this is the part where Anthony Barr's fair is going downhill. <laughs> but, I mean, I... It's one of those things where it's like I almost hope he's injured because that's the only real explanation I can come up with. It's just that the the way that he's tackling this season is just it's jarringly different. That he's he's the, the he's kind of just throwing arm tackles out there and people are breaking them, and his usual great instincts of getting to the ball just don't seem to be there as much this year, if at all. Because I think he played. Uh, I think Mark Craig actually put wrote something about this today was the um, fact that he played, I think, something like se- all 70 snaps or whatever on defense last week and ended up with one tackle. Oh, and yeah. how you can do that as a linebacker is absolutely beyond me. I mean, the whole the defense as a whole absolutely stunk on Sunday for, I, for another reason I can't really comprehend. But <laughs> it's just, it's one of the most perplexing storylines of the whole season. Yeah, because, I mean, I... I Last year was probably Barr's breakout season because he had an excellent year, and it seems like this year is the, the break back in season. I don't know, whatever it is. It's just um, it's one of those things that it's still the ultimate open question. The only thing that I can logically try to explain it with is that he's playing more hurt than we that he's letting on. But, I mean, technically speaking, injury report-wise, he hasn't missed any games like he has. He's missed a couple of his first two seasons. It's just... Um, it's really inexplicable how big of a step back he's taken in his third year. Yeah, I think it might have to do with a couple things. Um, I mean, in the beginning of the year, I think he was playing pretty well as to his normal, you know, normal expectations. But as the year has gone on and the Vikings have found themselves, you know, behind early in games and behind in a lot of these games, I think he excels most in the pass rush. And he's had probably to do a lot more in pass coverage since the Vikings have been behind and they can't really risk blitzing as many people as they would like. So that might have something to do with, you know, his production. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure, but I still think he's going to be fine. I mean, Zimmer, he's pretty uh, honest in his comments and he didn't hold back when he's, when speaking about bar earlier this week. So, yeah. And I think, it, I, I think you are touching on something the scheme wise, cause you're, the, the Vikings, especially during that 5-0 and start, everyone was kind of in love with that. This, this whole sugaring the A-gap a look where him yeah. and or Kendricks would be right over the center, you know, either threatening to, to blitz or actually blitzing, you know, one or both of them. And it seems like they've gotten away from that, probably being forced to because it, it was a little gimmicky, and I think teams started figuring out how to combat that with the short passing, and I think mm-hmm. that's what happened. And that loss to the Eagles, their first couple losses of the season. So, And, yeah, his... His pass coverage was kind of streaky, even when he was playing really well his first couple seasons. So mm-hmm. that might that might 
actually be a pretty big contributing factor. Um, yeah, I saw something the something the other day where someone suggested that Barr will play better next year because it'll be a contract year for him. But um, I think that person forgot that the Vikings can pick up his fifth-year option this offseason. So um, I don't think he's going to be in a, a contract year next year. I think they would be crazy not to give him that option this offseason. Yeah, even with the, his struggles this season, his, yeah. his overall work work. At the, at the price you can get him, That I mean, that would just be... You, you can't get a linebacker of his caliber on the open market for that price. No. Okay, let's move on and look ahead to previewing the Vikings game this Saturday. Yes, Saturday against the Green Bay Packers. The Vikings are not inside field goal range for Morton Anderson. Touchdown. Oh, Al Harris playing off, bit up on the route, and Randy Moss, without even really being able to run as he shoots the moon to the fans here in Green Bay. That is a disgusting act by Randy Moss. Minnesota has to win this game to keep their playoff hopes alive, even though they're very slim. While the Packers can still get in with a loss, a three-way tie atop the NFC North has the Packers winning the division, sadly. Um, Mike Zimmer is 1-1 one one at Lambeau Field as the Vikings head coach. He won last year. And Zimmer loves to play against Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers has had a quarterback rating of under 87 in the last three meetings between the two teams, and the Vikings have also been able to sack Rodgers 12 times during that span as well. Eric, despite the embarrassment the Vikings put on the field last week in front of the Colts, there is still a very real possibility that they come out as the winners on Saturday, right? Um, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just after that last week, it's it's so hard to believe that they can just turn around and go to Lambeau Field with the way that Green Bay has been playing lately and pull out a victory. But, of course, it seems like with the Vikings, especially this year, I, I mean... The, whatever you least expect, probably expect that because it seems like every time that um, the Vikings, everyone kind of pick is behind the Vikings. You know that was kind of, but going into last week, the general opinion of most Vikings fans was, yeah, the Vikings. Should, you know, Andrew Luck is he can do some things. T.Y. Hilton can do some things, but the Colts' defense is terrible. The Vikings should actually march up and down, and even with their no running game, they should at least score enough points, and the defense yeah. will hold, hold them back. And of course, what happens? They get absolutely blown out. So, and it's and same thing with the uh, going into the Cowboys game. When the Cowboys were playing, you know, blowing everyone out. That well, you know, the, we'll we'll probably get killed in this game. I I think I predicted the Vikings to lose by like twenty points for that game. And of course, they keep it close, have a two point conversion away from sending it to overtime. So yeah. maybe it's hopefully it'll be one of those things where okay, the Packers are cruising, the Vikings are pretty much done for. Ever okay? This here comes a. Uh, Packers blow. Maybe the Vikings actually keep it close, but it. I. I think a lot of it kind of depends on the the health of Harrison Smith, who it doesn't sound promising at least this early in the week that no. he'll be back for for the Sunday. And I think um, that I, I think he's the team MVP just by his absence last week. I think just how differently that whole defense as a unit played 
against a quarterback like Andrew Luck, who obviously has a lot of similarities to Aaron Rodgers. Um, just how poorly the defense played without Harrison Smith shoring everything up on the back end and you know, coming in and stopping the run. It seemed like uh, you know Frank Gore didn't have any huge plays, but he, they just could consistently move the ball and then uh, a couple of big p- uh, plays in the passing game. Mm-hmm. They, they made you wonder, you know, Anthony Harris, I don't think, played a terrible game, but he's definitely a, a noticeable step down from Harrison Smith. So I... I I'll, I'll put it this way, I, I'm not going to get my hopes up, I'm, because the Vikings have already ruined Halloween for us, they've already ruined Thanksgiving, <laughs> I, I'm not going to let them ruin my Christmas Eve, I'm, I'm going to go in there with low expectations, and if they hang in there, so be it, but I'm not going to expect it. Well, maybe just start drinking a little earlier. <laughs> yes, lots of eggnog. Um, what does Minnesota have to do, or what do they have to avoid this weekend in order to get the win? Um, they have to avoid everything they did last Sunday. <laughs> it, literally, they, they had the turnovers. They had really boneheaded plays. Like, the, Linval Joseph, I still want to know exactly what's <laughs> going know. through his mind. I don't know. You, you're kicking the, what, one of the best, if not the best kicker in the history of the league is kicking a 21-yard field goal. Who Those field goals go straight up in the air no matter what. Yeah. And he's trying to hurt this 300 and well over 300 pound man is trying to hurdle someone. I, I just don't get it. I mean, this is the, and the, even the little things like the false start penalties on the wide receivers, which always drive me nuts. It's like you, yeah, you're looking in as a wide receiver. You can see that, and you're you're at home, so it's not like crowd noise is a huge thing, especially when you're down by 28. <laughs> no, no one's making any noise, so um, they just have to. They're going to have to capitalize on their opportunities. Basically, they're going to have to do a lot of what we saw in the Week 2 game is play really solid defense. Again, that's going to be really hard without Smith. Get to Aaron Rodgers and bring him down. Uh, don't let him extend plays with his legs because we know that's uh, one of his fortes. As soon as uh, the play breaks down, he seems to he's, he's back to scrambling around and finding people deep. Um, yep. they're, just, they're just going to have to they're going to have to improve in all phases of the game from what they did last week and you know they they definitely have the personnel still available that's capable of beating the Packers it's just that they're going to have to play a pretty flawless game which um you know they haven't really shown us that they've been able to do over the past several weeks yeah I mean there were a lot of players last week that usually don't make the stupid plays that actually made some pretty uncharacteristic plays last week like think of Terrence Newman, Stefan Diggs, Linval Joseph. Those guys usually you don't have to worry about them making those types of plays and that was just the kind of day that the Vikings had last week. Okay, can you give me one Vikings player offense, defense or even special teams that, you know, could potentially be in for a big day on Saturday? Um I think you know the Packers defense is getting healthy, but as long as the the Vikings tackles can give Bradford a second or two against a, a very good pass rush for the Packers, I think Stephon Diggs could have another big game. I think the secondary um, just doesn't for Green Bay doesn't really have the, the personnel to match up man to man for very long on someone like Diggs, mm-hmm. and he proved that the first meeting. And I think uh, if uh, he can. Get open in the in the that's that's a huge if if the if the offensive line can actually give Bradford some time because we even saw the the first matchup that Bradford was making some pretty incredible throws as he was getting hit and that and we even 
even right after that game, I think a lot of us said, okay, but he had a great game, and let's not expect him to do that all season. I think that's kind of what we've seen these last few weeks. But yeah, I, I would I would say on offense, Diggs, and hopefully the uh, on defense, someone like Daniel Hunter who can who has the speed to keep up with Rodgers if he does break out of the pocket. Um, he and Griffin, uh, both, if they can both uh, disrupt the the passing game, and um, even help out a little bit in the running game because Montgomery seems to be really uh, finding his wheels as that weird-looking yeah. number eight, number eighty-eight out of the backfield. <laughs> um, it's the, the the Packers are really hitting their stride, so I think um, it's going to have to start with that defense keeping it close, and then hopefully finding a big player to, um, and maybe uh, the defense capitalizing and trying to force a turnover and get the get the offense a couple short fields. All right. I think you may have already mentioned this or, or maybe given a little spoiler alert, but um, do you think that the Vikings will come out with a win on Saturday? Um, yeah, I've already kind of spoiled that a little bit, but I, <laughs> I, I just, like I said, I, I really can't see it. Just, just I, and this isn't recency bias. This has been a couple of months of the Vikings um, playing pretty poorly, and I think it's, you know, the Vikings as assembled right now just aren't that great of a football team with all the losses they've had. Just the, the offensive line, it's so hard to do anything consistently with with that kind of uh, non-existent run game. We thought maybe Adrian Peterson could come back and give a spark, and he was exactly what we saw for the first <laughs> quarters of what he, um, where he, before he got hurt this season. And, of course, he had his trademark fumble that everyone just, I mean, that there was there were a couple of swear words I uttered after that one. <laughs> that was it was such a momentum killer. And again, that was one of those mistakes that, I mean, unfortunately, it isn't completely unexpected from AP. But um, it's one of those that just seemed like every time the Vikings got anything going, that kind of killed them. And even if they avoid those kind of mistakes, unfortunately, I I said this back when the like the Packers started their winning streak. It's uh, I said this: the only way 2016, the, the the year that we've all had, could end is that the Packers actually come back and win the division, and it all seems to be lining up now. With Detroit's loss last week, um, if the Packers do win um, on Saturday, that Week 17 game is going to be the, for the division title, I believe, regardless of what Detroit does. So, of course, um, I I really I, I'm not even cheering for it. Just I. It's more important for me for the Vikings to play spoiler to the Packers rather than keep their very dim playoff hopes alive, and I will be rooting for it wholeheartedly on Saturday. But again, I'm I'm just not going to allow them to to ruin my Christmas Eve. So I'm just going to <laughs> I'm going to predict. Um, obviously, I haven't written my uh, weekly preview yet. That will go up on Thursday afternoon sometime. But uh, as Unless I see something crazy in the film that I think the Vikings can exploit, I I really uh, I'm gonna have a tough time picking against the Packers. Yeah, I mean, like I said before, I think the Vikings will do you know their typical thing. They'll build us up and win both of their final games, and then you know they won't be able to get in because somebody else will win. So uh, yeah, you know, that, that that would be very Vikings. Though. One <laughs> more one more yeah. Yeah. So I do think that they will be able to pull it out somehow this week because. You know the pack. They, people have been saying the Packers have been, you know, picking up steam or whatever. But they barely beat the Bears last week. They won by three points. And then two weeks ago, they beat the the Texans by like only eight points. 
and they got creamed by the Redskins a couple a couple weeks ago. So, I mean, that is, that is true. They they do tend to um, allow other teams to hang around a lot longer than they should. Yeah. That Bears game they had completely locked up, and then um, they, all of a sudden Chicago tied it back up, and they needed one of those patented Aaron Rodgers. How the heck is he that wide open to Jordy Nelson? <laughs> And I just have a feeling that's how the game is going to end for the Vikings. You know, they keep around, keep fighting, and then there'll be one huge play at the end that'll you know crush all our hopes. But, um, I, yeah, I mean, there's def- the Vikings have already done it. They've already beaten Green Bay, and Green Bay is still a very flawed team, I think, especially on that defensive end. But I just don't see the Vikings' offense being consistent enough to keep up with them. Yeah. Well, whatever happens on Saturday, Joe Buck will be there to call it, so... Oh boy! <laughs> Actually, I will go on record. I think Buck, especially these last few years, I think he's become a little more self-aware, and I think he's, I, I think he, he he's okay as long as you put away all the kind of, you know, of course that I'll never completely forgive him for the whole Randy Moss that was a yeah. disgusting act. But I think he's actually a pretty decent. Troy Aikman bugs me a lot more than Joe Buck does. That's yeah. all I'll say. All, all Troy Aikman does is goes, "You're exactly right, Joe." Thanks for. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I think Joe Buck does a really good job. I just I think for for some reason he just doesn't like the Vikings. I don't I don't oh. know why. He just comes off as you know whatever team they're playing that you know the Vikings are the one that do wrong. So well, especially compared to the Packers, we all <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> But uh, you spoke about Adrian Peterson before, so I wanted to do a little bonus question. Um, if the Vikings lose to the Packers this weekend. Will it be the last time that Adrian Peterson plays in a Minnesota uniform? I would have to, to you know, I wouldn't guarantee it by any means, but all signs would kind of point to um, that being his last game in purple, just because, and it's granted, it's a very small sample size. It's hard to glean too much from two and a half games, or, mm-hmm. you know, basically two total games, because he barely played in the second half of the game kind of out of hand. Um, but just, especially with the quarterback, with both, either quarterback that the Vikings are going to have under center, or I guess I shouldn't say under center, um, just with either Bradford or Bridgewater, it, they they both prefer and excel more out of the shotgun. That's easier for the Vikings to run on an offense, especially with the personnel they have on the offensive line. And Adrian has shown us over the course of his pretty long career that he's just not comfortable in that kind of situation. And I think he showed it again a little bit. Uh, it, it kind of screwed up the offensive game plan. Um, I thought it was pretty telling that the first series was two Adrian, you know, two Adrian touches and, <laughs> and an incomplete pass and a punt but for the first series last week. Just be, I think, and I know I kind of came off a little bitter, I think, on Twitter that I probably overstated it in saying that, you know, at least that was the last time that Adrian is going to hold the team hostage. I don't think he held them really hostage this week. He just announced he was going to come back and they yeah. put him in the game plan. But um, I just think that with who the Vikings have and what it's probably going to cost to retain Adrian Peterson, I mean, the $18 million next year that's currently on his contract is completely out of the question. There's no, <laughs> no way. No, there's no way they'll do it. If Peterson is willing to drastically restructure, um, maybe, the, I mean, I could still see, I think he still has some good football left in the tank. I don't think he's going to be the runner that we saw in 2012 ever again, but I think he's still pretty solid. 
it's just I don't think he's a great fit for the Vikings anymore on a, a few fronts. They're not just on the field stuff, but it just it's hard to build your offense around a player. You see these Le'Veon Bells, David Johnsons, you know, mm-hmm. all the top running backs these days are doing a lot of their damage catching the ball in the backfield, mm-hmm. and that's something that has never been in AP's repertoire. And at age 31, soon to be, you know he'll be 32, I think, by the time the season starts next year. I just don't know if he'll ever add that. So I, just with the, the savings it'll give the Vikings, um, I, I really, um, after everything that Adrian's been through, I really doubt he's going to give the Vikings much of a hometown discount. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, I, 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 would, I wouldn't be shocked if he came back next year, but I would be surprised. I, I think the greater chances are that he, um, this will be, you know, these last two weeks are probably the last time we'll see Adrian Peterson in purple. Yeah, I think if he comes back, the the Vikings have to figure out maybe a different way to use him, and I think he might have to look himself in the mirror and you know put his ego aside and maybe become a different type of running back, maybe just used in short yarded situations like on the goal line and stuff. Because I think he would be great in that type of role. Maybe play with you know a younger running back who's faster and able to catch the ball better out of the backfield and then combine that with, you know, Peterson who can just come in the Vikings around like the two yard line and just pound it in the end zone. I think he would be really good in a role like that, but I don't think his ego would, you know, allow him to do something like that. So, and that's unfortunate because he could play a lot longer if he was able to do that instead of trying to be, you know, Barry Sanders every year, which, you know, I think that's not going to happen anymore. So, yes, I also agree that he probably will not be with the Vikings next year, but I don't think he's going to the Cowboys because they have someone. So, I don't – maybe – Yeah, I think they're good. Right now, they, I mean, they have – they just got McFadden back, and they have Elf Morris, too, who is like – they have three really – three running backs that I would – I mean, obviously, Zeke is in a class of his own this year. Right. But, I mean, those backup court running backs, I would take those two in a heartbeat on this year's Vikings. Right. Yeah. Um, but that's going to do it for this episode. Um, before we leave, Eric, can you just let everyone know once again where people can find you on social media? Sure. Uh, once again, my Twitter handle is at undersc- Eric underscore J underscore Thompson. And, of course, you can find all my weekly work on DailyNorseman.com. Sweet. Okay, Eric, thank you for joining me today. I appreciate you taking the time to sit here and talk Vikings with me. Absolutely. It was my pleasure. All right. Until next week, Vikings fans, I will talk to you later.